0: and welcome to The Paladins of Voltron, an unofficial podcast about the Netflix original series Voltron Legendary Defender. I am your host, Jason, and joining me is the other host, Jeremy. Jeremy, how the heck are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm also doing great. Um, doing very great. Great, great, great. And That's all I have to say about that. Right. This is episode three, which of course means we will be covering episode three of season two of voltron legendary defender <clears throat> so and you know like we'd like to do we might talk about something that happened in either season one or these three episodes we'll try to avoid stuff that happens later on just in case you're not a binger um you know if you don't do a podcast about voltron maybe you didn't have to mainline the episodes twice within four or five days not that i minded i actually we didn't it really
1: much. have to
0: oh we i did i wanted to
1: <laughs> no I mean, yeah <clears throat> wanted to but i didn't get to use a sick day this year like i did with season one but it, i still managed to watch the entire season through most of a work day
0: <laughs> which must be nice to do if i unfortunately did have an unscheduled sick day not for me but for a uh, small child um who very much likes seeing the different colored lines in the beginning of the show but doesn't really <laughs> care about the rest of the show after that and i mean you, your your son you, I think you just said re- recently you're about to introduce in the Rescue Bots, but he's not yeah. quite ready for it yet. Not that he can't understand it, but we, we're
1: just really limiting screen time. So, and right yeah. now he's big in Paw Patrol. So, what kid isn't? I mean, yeah. My son it has just, a
0: coloring book of
1: it, but yeah, Rescue Bots is next.
0: Oh yeah, Rescue Bots. Uh, we, we easily could do a Rescue Bots podcast. I would have no, <laughs> no problem with that because I highly enjoy that show that show is way better and has the right people we're not talking about transformers uh jeremy has his own show for that um i've been on that show so we do have time to talk about that but we are in fact focusing on voltron right down there somewhere. yeah there you go uh, <laughs> and actually yeah it's right on your side so good call um so yeah like uh like we have been saying uh we are looking forward to getting some feedback from from all you find the fine listening public and you can do this in many ways. You can get a hold of us on Facebook, uh, Twitter at POV underscore podcast, Instagram POV underscore podcast. Um, we have an email feedback at POV com. <clears throat> Uh, let's see. And of course you can always subscribe to us, rate us on iTunes, Google play, however it is you get the episodes. Just take a second and subscribe. Um, if you want to leave a rating, I, I don't know about you, but I, I hear the cool kids nowadays are leaving five star ratings. Not so cool kids leave less than five stars. Don't be a not so cool kid. Be a cool kid. Yeah. Um, it almost feels weird not having an Amazon link the the plug for the show, but I don't. So did you use Amazon for other shows who deserve, deserve money, but and most importantly, spread the word. Tell people that there are, there are two fine folks out here who are doing their best to talk about yeah. a fantastic. If you want
1: to support show. us, let other people know about the show. Yes
0: the the best thing for a podcast like us. Um, if you if you want to support Dan Carlin, go to his sponsor. If you want to support us, tell a friend to listen to us. So, all right, and Without also other- go
1: to our respective other podcasts where there there is monetary ways to help support.
0: I, we're starting to sound a little too greedy here maybe. We <laughs> yeah.
1: We're in episode 3 though it's
0: Here's the thing, when I when I see that someone has downloaded one of my podcasts, I get happy. So, mm-hmm. monetary money's fine, but just knowing people listen is great. Um and yeah, you can always check out Jeremy on the Transmissions podcast. I am of course am on podvocacy with my friend David. And you can check out those shows on either the Transmissions Podcast Network or the soon to be named network. So now we have Season 2, Episode 3, Shiro's Escape. It is written by Joshua Hamilton and directed by Eugene Lee. Alright, so now that the Paladins have been reunited on the Castle of Lions, they sit in waiting as their leader, Shiro, recovers in the healing chamber from the wound he suffered from Hagar. While in the chamber, Shiro remembers the situation under which he was able to escape from the Galra previous to meeting the rest of the Paladins. A Galra scientist named Ulaz gave Shiro coordinates to go to after he returns to earth and prevents the blue line from falling into Zarkon's hands now awake from his time in the healing chamber shiro demands that alora go to the coordinates that pidge was able to identify in the code contained within shiro's artificial arm despite their apprehension from the whole team they agreed to go to the coordinates alora also revealed that zarkon was in fact the original black paladin when pressed about it by shiro once at the coordinates they appear to be nothing there appears to be nothing there and the ship is surrounded by dangerous Xanthorian chunks that if contacted with could, could prove to be very unstable and very explosive. Back on Zarkon's ship, Hagar has used her magic to turn one of Zarkon's former commanders, Barog, into another giant cybernetic creature to fight Voltron. Zarkon is able to provide the exact coordinates to send the monster using magic and some, of, and some other means to track the Castle of Lions. That will be important later, folks. Back on the castle, an intruder is able to get on the ship and is able to overpower all the paladins save for Shiro. The intruder is revealed to be Ulaz, the same Gawra who helped Shiro escape in the first place. Now a prisoner on the castle of line, Ulaz reveals that he is a member of the Blade of Marmora and that his base is hidden in the pocket of folded space. After a debate among the team, the decision is made to listen to Ulaz and attempt to pass through the pocket of space. Their trust pays off as they make it safely through. Shiro, Hunk, Pigeon, Keith, accompany Ulaz back to his base in the red mine. So they may contact the rest of the blade of memoria memora marmora. That's fun to say and tell them he has made contact with Voltron. He explains to them that the blade has members all throughout Zarkon's empire. And that is how they escaped Zarkon in the first place. Previously in season one, Keith shows interest in the ceremonial blade that Ulaz carries, but his chance of study is interrupted by the arrival of Barog at as- in his Robeast form, as Hunk calls it. Ulaz tells the paladins that Zarkon must be tracking them, and he gives Shiro the coordinates to the headquarters of the Blade of Marmora after telling him they must find how Zarkon is tracking them before heading there. The paladins then return to the castle and their lines. Outside the pocket, the Robeast begins using an energy beam to suck in the Xanthorian crystal chunks and then uses the crystals to power his energy beam. The Robeast then uses a blast to analyze the surrounding area, and locates the energy readings for the space pocket hiding the base in the castle. Before the beast can fire his energy beam into the pocket, the team forms Voltron and redirects the, castle the creature's blast. However, the resulting cluster explosions are enough to fold the pocket and reveal the castle in Ulaz's base. In the ensuing battle, the team uses all the tricks and power-ups that Voltron has revealed to them, but the Beast absorbs each attack and continues to fight. Seemingly beaten, Hunk thinks they may not be ha- powerful enough, but Ulaz flies his ship into the Beast and opens a space pocket inside of it, causing the creature to fold in on itself. Mourning the loss of the Galra who, s- who had set him free, Shiro tells Alora that they must find out how Zarkon is tracking them. Meanwhile, alone in his room, Keith studies a blade that has the same markings on it as the one Ulaz. Olaz had and i'd just like to point out that this episode featured the voice of arnold the who you may know as the mummy in the mummy movies or Emotap, right name, Emotap, and i'm pretty sure he voiced Olaz. i i say pretty sure because i can't find anywhere on imdb where it actually officially says who he voices but he is credited on the episode so
1: they do like to not update imdb until a little bit later
0: yeah that's that's probably smart <laughs> so yeah there you go uh what'd you think about this episode
1: i love this one it i i I really love the lore building more than anything else i think and Mm -hmm. this really started a bunch of that um the the whole blade of memora stuff i just was eating that up uh and i think we get into that later on in the season too um i like getting some of the background of of shiro how he got the arm we're finally getting some answers to questions that ar- arise from the first episode. Yeah. The very first
0: episode. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah. It was, it, it's nice to see how Shiro came to escape in the first place. It's nice that they tie it into something that happens later, of course. And, you know, understandably. So Alora is not at all happy about the fact that it looks like a girl helping them because she wants right. nothing to do with Galra. Um, And again, you know, that's a situation that in some shows could be just terribly, just seem overbearing and awkward but in this show it's well done um especially when ulaz first reveals himself and Alora just pretty much throws him against the wall and shiro has to almost rip her off of him <laughs> before killing him
1: well i mean in the original show there was you know all of zarkon's forces were uniform there was no good ones and season one you're led to believe the same thing and now you're seeing there's a little bit of dissension, you know, just like there always would be in real life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Ulaz even says, you know, we thought that bringing it or having an empire would bring peace instead of brought a tyrant or something along those lines. So I'm paraphrasing there, but it's, it's a good point. It makes sense. There would definitely be people who aren't okay with the fact that Zarkon is basically trying to run the entire universe and is still after 10,000 years, because that's how long you know that's how long Laura was. Uh, you know the Castle Lines was out of commission in the first place. After all this time, you know he's still conquering the universe. He hasn't gotten Earth yet, but he's working on it. So you know, obviously the pounds have a good reason to try to stop him. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's not everyone's going to be okay with what the Emperor does. You know, I'm pretty sure there's some movie series that deal with those kind of things. This is some pretty famous ones. I, I can't really yeah. think of one off the top of my head, but who knows? I can
1: think of one particular. Oh, okay. Series that's that's really you know plays on that a lot. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I think that's true. It's just still can't remember what it's called, but whatever. It's it's not that big. <laughs> um, this might have been my favorite Robeast. Well, mm, okay. Through this episode, this is my favorite Robeast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I really did enjoy this one, where you know it's a kind of an attack we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, especially the whole you know using his blast to monitor the energy to find you know where the space fold was
0: yeah and that's that's a good they're good well i don't want to say character development because he is really just a monster at the end of the show more or less but yeah. he is you know haggard did use zarkon's former commander to make this creature that commander is going to have some sense of the things you can do to try to sniff out your enemies obviously if zark the only reason zarkon got rid of him was because he thinks he's a traitor you know zarkon is going to let someone raise through the ranks who doesn't know how to do their job well <laughs> you know mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to be a commander well so it's really good again it's the show not holding your hand you know no one on the ship goes oh look he fired a blast now he's trying to find us no we know what he's doing he's doing yeah. what a commander of a former army or or space navy whatever you call it i don't know would do so yeah that was a nice little touch um Pidge's excitement over the folding space pocket right where at one point I think her eyeballs become hearts
1: every little bit of technology that she's absorbs it's just she's in love with it
0: oh yeah and when um um I think Quran says maybe there's something wrong with the coordinates and she's like oh no my encryption was right on. Like she gets mad. (laughs) She's (laughs) like, no, you're not going to tell me I'm wrong. I'm right. Yeah. Yeah, But, and again, it's those anime tropes where like the character does, you know, the big eyes and the the hard Mm -hmm. eyes and stuff like that. But I love it. I love how they throw those little things. You get
1: another good one in the next episode.
0: Yes, that's true. Um, And again, I like the fact that they keep saying Voltron is the most power, pretty much the most powerful thing in the universe, but because the Paladins are so new, voltron pretty much gets his butt kicked most of the time Mm -hmm. and as we've progressed through the episodes you know now shiro knows the call for the shield he knows the call for the the giant cannon stuff they know the weapons they have available to them thus far and i really like that they're building on that
1: it's not going straight to blazing sword slice the beast. episodes over
0: Right. Even though that's what they show. They show that in the credits, basically, in the beginning yeah, of the movie. Uh, yeah, episode. the credits are
1: completely made specifically for the credits. <laughs> right. Although never they
0: see it. It's funny. We've now seen all, all three row beasts that Voltron slices through in the beginning. So I don't know if they'll change the credits next season if they add more. Um. So we'll see there, but. But yeah, I like the fact that you have the most powerful weapon in the universe. You have no idea how to use it. <laughs> so just the fact that they're staying alive during these battles is great. Um, you know, Ulaz's sacrifice there at the end where it's like, okay, I know that you guys can't handle this right now. Eventually you have to defeat Zarkon. I'm just going to go ahead and kill this guy with you and kill myself because it's for the greater good, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, nice little character beat of a character who we only just met this episode. Yeah yeah i don't know I've, I've been going on so anything in anything else in particular you want to bring up uh, there
1: we start to really see Alora's. um i guess her space racism yeah <laughs> i mean she just sees nothing good about any of the galra and that that is going to be a theme of the entire series or th- this entire season
0: yeah she uh her and sentinel prime go spend some time in the space racist cafe <laughs> talk about all the people they don't like I mean, she
1: just refuses to believe that there's any redeemable Gaara out there.
0: I like how when Keith asks about his blade, about Ulaz's blade, you know, he's really interested, but he just plays it off like, oh, cool. That won't come back later in the episode or anything. Yeah. Nope. Not going to happen. And it was funny, too, because I can't remember. I think the first time I watched it. I think my son was there, so I wasn't paying – I was paying as close attention as I could, but I couldn't catch every second of the episode the first time, which is why the multiple rewatches help a lot. But at the end, I thought maybe he had just taken the blade at some point. But, you know, it turns out – not to spoil anything for later, but this is a blade that Keith has. You know, at no point does he it off of I
1: lost. haven't gone back to watch the first episode again, but I, th- I believe it's supposed to be the blade he used to free Shiro right. in the first episode.
0: Which I had forgotten at that point whereas if this were a show on well if this were i was gonna say on hbo but i don't think hbo would do the previously on for kids shows <laughs> they don't for sesame yeah. street i know that because Grayson watches a lot of sesame street and i never see previously on <laughs> it's just a super cut of cookie monster eating all the cookies yeah uh so um oh yes we get um a mention of a character they mentioned the name of the character who created the, the, the space folding um, technology. That character will be important later. Like, what's his name? Slag or Slog or Schlag or something? Can't remember Slag. exactly, but yeah. <laughs> so, now one thing that confused me, because when I was rewatching the episode for the recap, uh, Hagar specifically says that the guy's name was Bro Rog, but then on Wikipedia, his name is Praxis. And I'm trying to remember which is which is right,
1: yeah, the review I was looking at said praxis as well,
0: yeah, but she didn't say praxis at one point, maybe bro rog was the name of the rope beast he was turned into, so, but yeah, so if I if you were confused when I said bro rog, that's what she says, but every uh, everything else I've read said praxis, so I just went with what she said in the show because we're talking about the show, I figured I should do that anything else?
1: another thing about this episode was I was re- this is where I really started to get uh I think I mentioned. T- on twitter um that this was really feeling like a sci-fi ep- epic yeah and this was the episode where i first started getting that feeling that there's going to be more than just your typical you know recreation of an 80s property oh god yeah they're actually building this into so much bigger like a bigger universe more epic and that you get the first taste of that right here
0: yeah no 100 percent with that and this is Pretty much when they came in a, when they came out of the wormhole when they first got to the the area with all the crystals and stuff, I was like, I think this is what was referring to, and it started to feel like this. Um, and it, I should mention, we saw Voltron this episode. <laughs> you know, yeah. three episodes in, we see Voltron, and again, they don't use Voltron every episode, and it's fine because when they use them, it works really well. And the rest of the time they don't necessarily need him because they've got the lines or they've got the other stuff going on. So
1: you want to show that the characters do have brains and not every situation yeah. calls for a hammer.
0: Sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a good chunk or not a good chunk, but part of this episode before Voltron is formed is, you know, Shiro just sitting there saying, wait, don't go yet. Don't go yet. And finally, Laura's like, you guys should probably launch before we're destroyed. Um so, yeah, the strategy involved and the whole idea and stuff like that, which is just a nice little thing. It makes sense. It's nice that they put that in mm-hmm. there. Um, but, yeah, and we don't even see Voltron form. He says form Voltron, and two seconds later, he just comes out and punches the beast, which is really cool. So
1: You're Right out of the space fold.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's the first – I think it's the first time we haven't seen Voltron form. And sometimes they do a longer version. Sometimes they do a shorter version. Yeah. Um, I think the first time we haven't seen it, which I don't think has any significance other than they just wanted the surprise of him coming out and clocking the robe, the robe beast right out it, of it. The... It
1: gives them, you know, that much extra time in the episode to do something else.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Then again, this is another really well paced episode. So um, that has good room for character development with what Allura goes through and how we have to come around to understand that Ulaz is exactly is what he says he is and stuff like that. So. And then we have the mystery of how Zarkon is tracking the castle, although I, I kind of—we find out later on, but I kind of figured out exactly what it was from the beginning, and it turns out I was right. But I think most people probably, you know, well, kind yeah, of— yeah,
1: it's, it's really clear, but then they, they try to throw you off the scent.
0: Yeah. But they they do it in a way where the characters involved have their reasons, mm-hmm. but that's—we're about two—I think we're two episodes away from that, from that r- reveal, so— but
1: okay, come back next month for that <laughs> next month, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, so there you have it, episode three of season two of Voltron. Um, like we said at the top of the show, please feel free to get a hold of us on social media, be it Facebook, uh, or you know, POV underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram, feedback at POV podcast.com, and subscribe and rate us on iTunes and Google Play. Like I mentioned last week, the guy in the corner hands out memory sticks with mp3s on it uh, I, I, maybe, youtube yes youtube, yeah, YouTube. Yeah. that's the thing <laughs> anywhere you find find us find us there again um
1: and yeah and if you subscribe us, right? we'll find you yeah.
0: <laughs> not in a bad way though we're not we're not we're not like we're we're not coming to your door with a knife in our hands or anything we, we might come with we'll bake you a pie
1: a voltronic pie voltronic pie
0: there you go if we did show titles, we just had one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and be sure to check us out on our other podcasts, either on the Soon to Be Named Network or the Transmissions Podcast Network. Uh, Jeremy's on Transmissions, I am on Povic C. Sometimes I'm on Transmissions, sometimes Jeremy's on Povic C. <laughs> These things do happen. So, all right everyone, I think that's it. So we look forward to speaking to you next week about episode 4 of season 2 of Voltron. Bye. <laughs>